This is a new part of our podcast, Agony Aunties, and we have lots of questions. Obviously, from your questions, we don't know anything from your background. So we're going to say what comes up for us. And if it doesn't fit for you or isn't right for you, just ignore it. This is by no means what you should do, but it's what we are thinking about in response to your question. We had a lot of questions about divorce. We're going to start and go through as many as we can in the time that we've got. So the first one is, my three kids are 19, 17 and 13, and they regularly ask if their dad, my ex-husband, had an affair. He did. I'm unsure of what to tell them. The affair woman is now his wife and their stepmother with twins. I'm, I'm going to dive in with this go one. for it. <laughs> dive in. Because th- I've had this come up actually quite a lot. I think it's a really tough one because I think the non-affair parent is torn between wanting to say, this bastard did this to me and you should know what it's like and what he's like. And I want you to be able to have a relationship with your dad and how do you balance those conflicting drives. But I think you want to prioritize, if you can, the having a relationship with the dad. And so what I would do is that I would go to the dad because he's also involved in this and say, look, they keep asking me what has happened, which makes me suspicious that they actually already yeah, they know. Do know. They do know. <laughs> because, they must do. Like, they, they keep asking. And so thinking together, if you have this kind of relationship with the dad, how can we create a narrative that's the same from mum and from dad around how to explain the truth that this thing happened, but in a way that allows them to continue to have a relationship with their dad that doesn't demonize him because adult relationships are complicated and it's not about saying mm-hmm. somebody is bad. It's about saying, you know, this is what happened and you might have lots of different feelings about it, but we want you to know you know, we both love you. It wasn't your fault, all of those things. Mm. Yeah. So that's what I would say. Oh, and don't talk about sex. Don't give them any sex details. Mm -mm. Oh, good. That's a good one. Okay. (laughs) No, no, your children don't need to know your sex life. Mm -mm. No. Yuck. (laughs) I don't think we can better that as a response, Em. I would just wholeheartedly agree with all of that. (laughs) I think that is excellent. The only bit I'd add is there isn't a right or wrong. And For the mum, I'd think, what is your motivation for telling them? Because if it's to do harm, that's probably not the best place to come from. Like Emily's saying, you want them to have the best outcomes, which is to have a relationship with both parents. And that they will make their own opinions as they grow up and And you don't have to force that on them. They will work that out for themselves. And if they already do have the suspicions, if they're not telling them the truth actually is doing no great favours to your relationship with them in terms of trust and honesty so if there is a way to navigate the truth with as Emily described with the partner that's a trust building across the bridges of the family isn't it another one about divorce is my husband he had an affair and has left the family home we have two young children can you give me tips to to build my strength so the first thing that I'd say is that it is incredibly hard yeah Yeah. it's a tough gig and that it's okay for your children to see you sad like don't feel like you have to look like that everything is fine all the time like not scary sad because actually that is giving them permission to feel sad too and they will feel sad that their family isn't the same anymore I think call on any support that you have if you 
have it. I think the other thing that can be helpful is find other people in a similar situation, whether that's like Mm, online or gingerbread, I think is the charity that has a lot of resources around single parents who are dealing with the same things and can give emotional support, but also like practical tips around how to manage as a single parent. So I guess sort of that's where I would start. Yes. And I think groups are incredibly helpful for when you've had a difficult experience. I know, obviously, there are, at least in London, and there might be more in other places, but groups where are based around having a partner who's had an affair or have been unfaithful. And, and that can be incredibly helpful to share those, have the solidarity, but also to know it's not just you. I think there can be a lot of sense of, was I not enough? What was wrong with me that meant that I wasn't Failure. enough for them to stay mm. with me, as well as all the hurt and anger towards them? And I think that's why group processes, or like Emily said, finding other people who've had this experience, it's sometimes easier to see in the other person that it wasn't their fault. Not that there might not be ways that you're both responsible for the breakdown in your relationship, but that it's not that you are somehow not lovable or not, it can bring up a lot of childhood relational attachment stuff self-attack. and self-attack and criticism. So lots of self-compassion. I would seek out resources around self-compassion in terms of being compassionate towards yourself, a lovable person who is in suffering. You've both said it, acknowledging it, finding a support system, not ruminating on all the what-ifs and using that as a weapon against yourself. The, the other small thing I do is try and step out of your comfort zone in a small bite-sized way, trying new things, doing new things, meeting new people. Maybe it's joining a choir or a running group or a cycling group or dance or painting or gardening or if you have time. But the thing is, a single mum, you have very little time. But if you get a support group so that you can have a couple of hours, because I think you're going to developing a new sense of identity as a single person and trying and doing new things as a single person, I think is really important. The other thing that I don't know if the others will agree, but a single woman, I think, carries more kind of shame in some way than single men. I'm not sure that's true, but I've had many clients who are separated and then divorced who are kind of, when they see friends, they then become the person who's the washer-upper mm. or they're just not treated in the same way as they were when they were a couple or when they go into a room full of people, they somehow feel less being than. invited to things. I've had lots of clients. Exactly. So it's an end of lots of things. So talking to your friends honestly about what you need and how you need to be treated, I think, is an important part of it. Yeah. I'm weathering divorce, an ex who moved on immediately. How do I rebuild my self-esteem? When you say your ex has moved on immediately, what does that really mean? Like they're in a new relationship? You don't know what is happening to them internally. And so I think that the place to start is to not compare yourself Mm, to your ex. You don't know... And it sounds like it's really causing you pain, which I can really understand, to imagine that he's just sort of, or she doesn't specify. Living it um, up. And and sort of devalues the relationship you had with them. Because like, if it's so meaningless to you that you can just move on immediately, that's incredibly painful. I'm not sure that you actually know that. I think with this new digital age, there's a lot of ways to torture yourself about 
your ex that can be deepening the pain. So if you are on any form of social media that allows you to look at your partner with his new partner, I would delete it or I would block it. And if you've, if mm. there are people out there who've had partners who've had affairs, it is often makes it so much worse when you go hunting for every little piece of betrayal that you can, because mm. I think the rage and the feeling like you've been duped, that you've been a fool, that you've been done to, that they've done the stuff behind your back can really drive a desire to like find every morsel of betrayal like where were they then when they said x and they were on that trip and they were on y and look at bank statements and there are so many different ways that we can track people now that if it's possible to just take that information out of your grasp delete it give it to somebody else sign out change your password whatever get someone to change your password so you can't log back in because these things are so compelling mm-hmm. and get someone else to help you get rid of the ability to do it, I, you know, I think this is an Esther Perel phrase, but death by a thousand cuts. I mean, it, it can really yeah. just turn what is painful into agony. So if there are ways of keeping a distance while you heal from your partner's new partner and from them, I think that's also helpful. Thank you for listening. When I listen to other people's podcasts, I always have a different answer or like a similar version of the same answer of the questions asked. So we'd love to hear from you if you have any different thoughts. And thanks so much for listening. Do share, rate and subscribe. Let me tell you about a podcast I love. And honestly, I wish I'd been around when my children were younger. The Motherkind podcast explores how to feel happier, more confident and empowered in your motherhood, even in this world of pressure, judgment and comparison. Host Zoe Blasky is the UK's leading motherhood coach. And I love her kind, wise and empathetic approach to the challenges mothers face today. Every week, she speaks to an incredible expert, such as Gabor Maté, Dr. Julie Smith, and me, to share actionable steps and powerful lessons to living your life as a mother with more joy and unapologetic confidence. Listen wherever you get your podcast. Just search Mother Kind.